what is the significance of Our Lady of Lourdes choosing a dirty, muddy grotto? This is the talk of Lourdes Pinto given to the Love Crucified community on February 17, 2022. So tonight's teaching, we're going to reflect on just a few sentences that are part of the reflection for the 2020 retreat from John Paul II's teaching on the dignity of women and really women and men connected to yesterday's gospel of the healing of the blind man and the path. So I'm going to begin with a few important words from John Paul II that we reflected in our retreat. He said, To be human means to be called to interpersonal communion. In our retreat, we said, but our relationships many times are not relationships of communion. We live in many dysfunctional, stressed relationships. Only as we strive for communion in relationships is our masculinity and femininity restored. That is why our Lord teaches love crucified to ponder all our relationships in which we do not love through him, with him, and in him. Those relationships that lack communion reveal to us what is wounded and distorted in our womanhood or manhood. My community, there's a lot in that one paragraph we need to ponder. John Paul II goes on to tell us, To say that man is created in the image and likeness of God means that man is called to exist for others to become a gift. And then he said, being a person means striving towards self-realization The council text speaks of self-discovery, which can only be achieved through a sincere gift of self. The gospel yesterday from Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26, teaches us a lot about Becoming men and women that are the ability to be a sincere gift of self to others and especially to God. What happened in the gospel? A blind man is brought to Jesus. 
And Jesus in this gospel does something interesting. He takes the man out of the village. Then he puts, Jesus puts his spit on the man's eyes. And then he asks the man, can you see? And the man says, people look like trees. And then he places his hands again on the blind man. And after the second time, the blind man sees all well. Each of us are taught by the Lord in the simple path to union with God that we must see ourselves as the blind man and see the blindness of all of humanity. Jesus reveals an essential process required to see with the eyes of our hearts the glory of God before us and within us. We first must be willing and desiring to be healed. We must know that we're blind and we are my community. The beginning of the simple path takes us to the foot of the cross to beg for self-knowledge. Self-knowledge is a gift of the Holy Spirit to see and know our blindness, to see what we don't see in ourselves, to see our self-love, our selfishness, our pride, our vanity, our disorders, we are blind and we need to be healed of our blindness. We must have the knowledge that we are blind. This is part of our self-discovery, what John Paul II taught us, the church. Then we must become like a child and allow ourselves to be led by the hand of Jesus. He leads us out of the village. What does that mean? He takes us out of our comfort zone, our areas of expertise, sometimes even away from the people we are accustomed to being with. Then Jesus spits in our eyes. It is an action of the spirit that is unexpected, uncomfortable. An action of the spirit that is easy to reject. An action that makes no worldly sense. I started to ponder this morning all the years of my own healing. And I realized God doesn't have a healing technique. I hear a lot of different healing ministries. And through the years, even different priests have 
have shared with me wanting to learn certain healing techniques. Yet God in the gospel doesn't have a technique. Here he spits on one man. Other times he heals. He's not even near the person. There's a woman that touches the tassel and he heals her. And he didn't even know who, who he just healed. And that represents our lives. Ponder the years of healing each of us have received. And I was chuckling as I was remembering my own process of healing and how it continues. And how the Lord will always do things that take us out of the village, out of our comfort zones. I remember telling Father Jordy, the one gift I do not want is the gift of tongues. <laughs> that was really out of the box <laughs> for me. <laughs> you can keep that gift. And Father prays over me one time in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I couldn't control my tongue. <laughs> And there was Lourdes saying all these things that were coming out of me that I had no idea. So uncomfortable. (laughs) That was a spit that the Lord placed on me. But it wasn't just I realized the gift of tongues that I received when the Lord did that. The Lord was starting to set me free. Not wanting the gift of tongues was my own way of remaining in my own fears, in my own image and falsehood that I created for myself. So the Lord used that type of healing to radically move me out of my comfort zone and my oppression. And I can go on and on through the years of so many different ways that the Lord has healed and how he has done this with all of us. And it's important to remember Because we have to be people of gratitude. We need to remember how God has been setting us free and thank him continuously. Because it's so easy to forget where we were and where we are now. It's important in this gospel that Jesus has to pray over him again to heal him because he's revealing to us that healing for all of us is a process. And it's a process of life that we have to always keep our hearts open 
to the surprises God constantly wants to give each of us. It is only as we allow Christ to heal us that we begin to discover our blindness, our self-love, our darkness, our brokenness. And in that way, we begin to become a sincere gift of self. What does it mean to become a sincere gift of self? What does it look like? In 2014, the Lord gave me these two sentences. And this sentence united to the grotto of Our Lady of Lords, I think, paints a picture of what it looks like to become a sincere gift of self. The Lord said, you have the intensity of my gaze. And then he said, see what I see and suffer with me the condition of the human heart. See what I see and suffer with me the condition of the human heart. The meditation of last week of Our Lady of Lords has really remained with me. It has been teaching me so much. I think this gospel reveals the beginning of our Blessed Mother entering the grotto. Our hearts are the grotto. When God enters our hearts, they're dirty, they're smelly with sin, they're broken, they're wounded, they're infected. Our Lady represents the Trinity. She is full of grace, full of God. She enters the grotto, and today when you go to the grotto in Lourdes, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. The ugly grotto was transformed into the radiance, the beauty, the majesty of God. That is our transformation. But we first have to allow that God to enter to begin to cleanse us, to begin to purify us, to empty us. That's the whole path that God has given us. And then what happens? The Lord begins to tell us, I live in you. I am alive in you. The path is the union with God, the Trinity. God. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit alive in our hearts. And so now the Lord says, enter, Lourdes, enter, Micah, enter, Father Jordi, in the grotto of other people's hearts that I have placed in your life. He says, see into their hearts what I see. 
see their darkness, see their mental illness, see their brokenness, enter, receive that oppression and suffer with me. This is the life of our Blessed Mother to help cleanse them, to help discover the spring of pure water of God himself hidden underneath all that darkness. That is the life of a victim soul. It is not enough for a victim soul to just allow ourselves to be healed. We have to become, as our Blessed Mother reveals to us, one with God and be willing to enter the pit of the darkness of others, to suffer that darkness with Christ, to help bring forth their dignity. And we see an example of being Christ's gaze in St. Paul. In Acts chapter 14, verse 9, Paul looks intently at the lame man and knows he has the faith to be healed. How did Paul know? Because Paul could look into the hearts of souls because he was one with the gaze of Jesus crucified. Jesus reveals and shows us that he could not cure all. Jesus did not cure everybody. A certain disposition of the heart was required, and that is faith. The intensity of Jesus' gaze penetrated the hearts and their thoughts were revealed. Paul, in union with the crucified, for Paul says, for now I have been crucified with Christ, sees through the gaze of Jesus. As Paul looked intently at the lame man, his gaze, as one with Jesus, penetrated his heart and he saw his faith. Sometimes I hear people say, oh, they have the gift of seeing hearts. But that is a gift we should all have. It is the gift of being Christian, one with Christ. The more we live in union with Christ, the more we see into hearts, because it is the gaze of Christ in us looking into souls. It just happens naturally. And this took me to review the section of our path, the gaze of Jesus 2D. And I'll just quickly review the words of our Lord in number 14 and 15. And the first one, the Lord says, do you see the darkness that has consumed the hearts and minds of my people? The darkness that is consuming my sanctuary. 
You see, the Lord is asking us, are you looking into the hearts? Or are we still judging people by their exterior appearances, what they say? Or are we really entering the grotto of their hearts? The Lord continues, do your eyes see the light of God that will consume this darkness Or have you too become blinded by the darkness of the world? This one sentence was important, especially during these times. It is so easy to become blinded again. It is so easy to focus only on the darkness and lose track of the light of God that is working powerfully in these times. To live in the faith, enjoy in the midst of darkness, because we see the light. The light is in us. The light is everywhere, my family. Every day, I just look outside. The grass. Father Jordy introduced to me this video series called John 10. Have you ever heard of it? Mm -hmm. Oh, my gosh. It's so amazing. It's a Christian organization of scientists. And they take a butterfly. They just take whatever. And they go into detail of the creation of it. It will blow you away. It is magnificent. The last one I watched when I was in Georgia was about a snowflake. It was amazing. I was just in New Jersey. And on the last day, I woke up and it was snowing. (laughs) And all I could do is put my hand outside to get a snowflake because I was remembering what Father Jordy and I watched. It was just glorifying God because in that little snowflake that was melting in my hand was the majesty, the, the beauty, the greatness of our Lord. How can we lose sight of the light? The light of God is everywhere. And those that have children, this is a house full of children. There's eight children in this house. My house is full of grandchildren. It's so beautiful because the light of God radiates in the eyes of of children, the the purity, the innocence. How could we not see the light of God? It's in each of us. The Lord has given us his voice, his words. Those messages from the Lord are full of the life, the light, the goodness, the mercy the beauty of God. I read them. I read this 
Okay, I, I was supposed to do two with you. I, I got stuck on one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to me all the time. In, in, in when I'm before the Blessed Sacrament, I read one. <laughs> I start going all over with that one sentence because it's from God. My community, ponder, allow God to heal our blindness, open our eyes, that the light of God be everywhere for us. Amen. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified Community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.